episode 82 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We won, America. Now let's get to work. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the ballot. Not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. How great are those quotes? You know, I just, you know, before I start the show, I got to talk about Peter Hargart. Hargart, who actually made that intro for me about two years ago when we started this podcast. Peter is from Wisconsin, lives in New York now, part of uh, Face Off Unlimited. You talk, you've heard me talk about it. If you listen to my radio show, I, uh, I do improv comedy. It's like one of my favorite things in the world, actually, to do. It's like... A lot of fun. Um, but Peter tried to get an absentee ballot, couldn't get one, uh, or they mailed it, it didn't get to him, all sorts of confusion. So what does he do? He gets himself on a plane, goes home to Wisconsin to vote. And uh, Wisconsin was won by about 20,000 votes, so good for you, Peter. Uh, and, you know, I, I listened to that intro, and um, I didn't pick those quotes. He picked them. But... I would have picked those exact quotes because even the Bill Clinton quote, which I know it's not woke for us to like Bill Clinton anymore, but I got my start in politics at that 92 convention. I was 19 years old. I mean, I'd gotten my start in politics years before as a kid, but my first real exposure to national politics was at the 92 Democratic National Convention. And that speech that I still believe in a place called hope speech is still one of the best speeches I think ever given at a convention. Um, I, you know, I, I, and his inaugural address where he says there is nothing wrong with America that can't be fixed by what's right with America is a beautiful thing. And even, you know, uh, you know, Obama's 2004, uh, convention speech, which he's quoting in there, it's, it's just fantastic. Um, you know, and so good on you, Peter. I know I'm spending a couple minutes here talking about you at the beginning of this, but I read a bunch of our friends, um, uh, posted about Peter's journey home uh, to um, to Wisconsin to vote. And uh, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful story. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm going to talk about it on the radio show on uh, Wednesday, on Thursday night, because I air in four uh, markets in Wisconsin too. So I'm, uh, and I, a lot of people from Wisconsin listen to this podcast as a result of my airing on those four stations in Wisconsin. So Hopefully, uh, they'll hear this twice and not be bored by it. But we won. 
Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. The president of the United States can bitch about it all he wants. He could try to scare us by firing his defense secretary all he wants. Mitch McConnell could take to the floor of the United States Senate and say that he has every right to exhaust his legal challenges, which is not untrue. He does have every right. Uh, But, you know, there's this thing in court. Uh, I'm a lawyer. I haven't practiced regularly anyway for a long time. But there's this thing I remember from when I was uh, practicing law. It's called facts and evidence. And you can't just make stuff up like you do on a political campaign or like you do on Breitbart.com or wherever else these right-wing trolls get their news. Um, No, you need evidence and facts. And the fact, here's a fact I'm going to point out to you. No major league heavy hitter lawyer is taking Donald Trump's case. You don't have a Jim Baker type. You you know, the the election of 2020, excuse me, 2000, that was battled for in Florida. You had James Baker representing Bush and you had Warren Christopher representing Gore. Two hugely respected, you know, lawyers who, you know, had national reputations. Both men served as Secretary of State. Who's representing Trump? Rudy Giuliani and Pam Bondi and Corey Lewandowski. I didn't even know Corey Lewandowski was an attorney. Uh, So, I mean, it is a, uh, you know, it's a clown car of nonsense. And you got some guys in cheap suits in Arizona saying, hey, if you had any fraud, if you witnessed any fraud, come see me. I'm looking for somebody with something, some kind of fraud in the election in Arizona, by the way which is a Republican state, which Donald Trump will lose. It's very close, uh, but he will lose when all the votes are counted. He will lose. Uh, He lost Georgia, another Republican state. Um, And, you know, look, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan have Republican legislatures. Okay, they have Republican legislatures who created the rules and who absolutely are aware that there were poll workers there who watched uh, the vote. On both sides, poll watchers from both sides. This is the the main thing. Oh, we didn't. Our people weren't allowed to look. No, your people were. You have no evidence. None. Judges are basically laughing them out of court right now. So uh, I don't expect his challenges to to be successful. I do expect his challenges to create suspicion among people who do get their news from Newsmax and OAN and Breitbart.com, and all the other trash that has basically profited by just spreading lies. Spreading lies that tell people exactly what they want to hear. So resist it. You know, now's the time to start talking to your friends who are on the other side. I know a lot of us have had a hard time talking to people who we don't uh, agree with the last couple of months, maybe even the last couple of years. But now is the time to start talking to them because we can't have, you know, basically 49% of America who, who just doesn't believe that this was an act, you know, a fair, a free and fair election. And the president uh, is doing great damage. Even, you know, look, he's done damage to this country for the past four years. He is going to continue to do damage to this country until he leaves office in about 70 days. It is, um, he's a despicable human being. And, You know, here's the point I really want to make. And this is the point you should make to your your Republican conservative friends, particularly if they're not wealthy. Um, I didn't have a lot of money growing up. 
Uh, I wouldn't say I have a lot of money now, but at least I have some, right? I'm not worried about it as much as I was when I was a kid. But I was around people who did have money. And they're all the same. Um, these Not all of them, but the spoiled rich kid. We all knew a spoiled rich kid growing up, right? Even if you grew up in a poor neighborhood, there was that one kid who had a little bit more than everybody else. Remember how they behaved. If things didn't go their way, they picked up their stuff and they went home pouting because they lost. And that's what's happening right now. We got a spoiled little rich kid who has, for his entire life, has never had a loss that he couldn't be bailed out from, whether it be from his father, whether it be from the federal government through the bankruptcy laws, whether it's, whether it's through additional investors or a, a Deutsche Bank or foreign investment. And now he's being told he lost and he's crying and he's pounding and he's saying, I didn't lose, you lost. No, you lost. Okay, this election is the mirror image of 2016 with one exception. Joe Biden won the popular vote and you lost the popular vote. 306 electoral votes are going to Joe Biden. You called that a landslide four years ago. A landslide even when you lost the popular vote. Joe Biden's margin of victory, even in Wisconsin where it's only 20,000 votes, bigger than your margin of victory. His, his margin of victory now in Michigan looks like it's gonna be close to 150,000 votes. In Pennsylvania, it could be near 100,000 votes. Those are substantial margins of victory, bigger than the ones you had in those states. And he won Arizona, Georgia, and Nebraska's second congressional district. The election is over. Cry and complain all you want. I have a problem with Donald Trump, but I have a bigger problem with people like Mitch McConnell, who knows better, Ted Cruz, you know, look, Mitch McConnell didn't come out and say there's fraud. Mitch McConnell said he should be entitled to us. He, he basically coddled the president, right? Like every other rich kid got coddled. Ted Cruz, Harvard educated Ted Cruz, Harvard Law, knows better. Claiming fraud without evidence of fraud. That, my friend, is despicable. Now, I get it, Ted. You are a cold, calculating little, I don't even know what to call you. I mean, you're getting ready to run in 2024. You're cold and calculating. You're trying to figure out a way to keep that Trump base on your side. So you're coddled up to this guy who, you know, said horrible things about your wife, by the way. Horrible things about your wife. You're coddled up to him. But you know better. Lindsey Graham, chair of the Judiciary Committee, you know better. And to try to to sow discontent in this country at this time when we are battling this pandemic and this economy, it's despicable. It is despicable. It is un-American. It is unreal. We have two Senate seats up for grabs in Georgia. I believe we can win those seats. Something's got to happen, though. Donald Trump has to be disengaged for sure. If Donald Trump is campaigning regularly in Georgia, I think we're going to have a problem winning those seats. But if Donald Trump does what I think he's going to do, sulk, cry, go play golf, which he should, go play golf. I Honestly, 
Take the plane, Mr. President. Go to Mar-a-Lago. Go to Hawaii. Take the plane. I think if the president's engaged, he might be able to rile up his Trump supporters who are going to be depressed that he lost. But if the president's not engaged, I think Stacey Abrams is the MVP of the Democratic Party. I think she should be considered for chair of the DNC, if not attorney general of the United States of America, where she can actively go after voter disenfranchisement around the country. Um, I think she's the MVP. And I think that that organization's still there. And that organization's going to turn out pretty much what came out for this election. There's always a drop-off, right? It's a special election. There'll be some drop-off. I think there'll be more drop-off on the Republican side if Trump's not engaged because people will be depressed that they lost. And Georgia has been trending blue. And she's done an excellent job at it. And she should be doing that, putting that to work across the country. Whether it's, you know, by fighting uh, voter suppression around the country as Attorney General of the United States. Or whether it's, um, you know, running the DNC and actually building the apparatus in other states like Texas, like Florida. States that, you know, I mean, look, we lost Florida, right? Uh, but Florida wasn't lost by a, a mile. Florida, you know, if 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 uh, if if Joe Biden would have done as well with Latinos in Florida as Hillary Clinton did, he probably would have won Florida because he did better uh, with all other demographics in Florida. So having somebody like Stacey Abrams at the head of the DNC can actually build that apparatus across this country to help flip Florida, Texas. Uh, keep Arizona blue and really just flip it. I mean, Arizona's been trending blue. It now has two Democratic senators. Uh, it it it's clearly you know it's going to be a tight race with uh, Biden and Trump, but it looks like Arizona's going to go uh, to Biden. I uh, I think we need to build this movement in this country. I think we need to have people like her. Uh, and by the way, I've tried to go on the show uh, a million times. My show's not big enough. Uh, and she's really busy. <laughs> so, but my, you know, I, I try to get on the radio. I, I, you know, I don't know what to do. I mean, eventually I'm going to start having guests on my WABC show because um, once this election's over, I think the callers won't be as animated. <clears throat> but uh, my syndicated show, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I have I have a cadre of guests and I'm trying to get her, I'm trying to get her on. Um, but she's she's fantastic. I, I I can't sing her praises enough. I think she's done uh, a wonderful job. Ben Winkler uh, in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Democratic Party chair, another person who MVP of the party. Uh, if Stacey Abrams becomes Attorney General of the United States, uh, Ben Winkler would be an excellent candidate to be uh, chairperson of the DNC. Uh, it it there there needs to be uh, this grassroots organizing effort. Uh, to really register Democratic voters across this country and bring them to the polls. And Stacey Abrams clearly did that in Georgia. She did it during her election and just missed. And she did it in this election and hit it. So these two Senate rough runoffs are going to be very, very interesting. I saw today that Senator Perdue and Senator, you know, interim Senator Kelly Loeffler called for the Secretary of State of Georgia to resign. That person is a Republican who said he most certainly will not be resigning and there was no election fraud in Georgia. See, this is the thing, America. They are a bunch of sore losers. Kelly Loeffler, another billionaire. I lost. Oh, no, nobody can tell me I lost. Yeah, no, you lost. You lost. Stop making it hard on the people in America. The will, I mean, Kelly hasn't lost yet. 
right? There's going to be a runoff in her race. Uh, Purdue hasn't lost yet. Going to be a runoff. But, oh, how could how could the Democrats have won? Well, they voted. <laughs> they voted in record numbers. Yeah, mail-in balloting helped, without a doubt. More Democrats voted because they voted by mail. And Democrats were able to actually seal the deal with people. Go put your ballot in the mail right now. That was a good thing. It was a very good thing for Democrats. And by the way, Trump could have been doing the same thing, but he decided he wanted to make an issue out of it so that he had a reason and an excuse when he lost. I've been on millions of campaigns in my life. Not not millions, but I've been on lots of campaigns in my life. Republicans would always beat us on paper. They were always better at getting the absentee vote out. They were always better at that. This president sabotaged himself, sabotaged his party by it. Now, look, Republicans had a good night, too. They didn't lose the Senate yet. They picked up seats in the House. They didn't lose any state legislatures, it looks like. So, you know, it wasn't a total win. But ding dong, the witch is dead. Uh, You know, uh, I don't know how to sing the Ewok song, but if I did, we'd be singing the Ewok song. It's over. Okay? Uh, President is leaving. He could cry all he wants. He could fire everybody in his cabinet because he's worried they're going (laughs) to... They can't institute the 25th Amendment. Everybody's like, oh, I got got a million texts when uh, the president fired uh, Secretary of Defense Esper. Oh, is he trying to prevent the 25th Amendment? The 25th Amendment is not because you think the president is bad at his job. You don't like his decisions. The 25th Amendment is the president can't talk because he's had a stroke. Okay? It's not... It's not... uh, We don't like what he's doing. That's not the 25th Amendment. That's impeachment. Uh, which would never happen in the next 72 days. So yeah, we're stuck with him for 72 days. Let's hope he has a good cry this week, gets on the plane, and goes and plays golf, okay? I'm happy to let him take the plane. We should all be okay. Go to one of your golf courses. You know, milk the federal government for rentals of golf carts while you can, Mr. President, because that's going to get cut back dramatically when you're no longer president. So, you know, go milk it, go spend some time at Mar-a-Lago, Trump National, uh, go to Bedminster while, look, the weather's been great here in New York, go up to Bedminster, play a few rounds, take the jet to Hawaii, why not? Get out of here, go enjoy yourself for 72 days. And I know, I know that the minute Joe Biden is inaugurated, the day of his inauguration, this is my, this is what I believe, Okay. The day of the Biden inauguration, Donald Trump will file to run for election in 2024. Try to steal the headline from Biden that day. He will file that he's running for election in 2024. Do I think he will actually run for president in 2024? I mean, I give it a 50-50 chance. But why give up the grift? Why give up the grift? He could spend the next four years raising money off these people who love him. It could fuel his his jet to fly wherever he wants to go. It could pay for staff. It's it's you know it's money to keep him relevant. I know he might be you know starting a TV station or whatever. You know, go go buy OAN or Newsmax or something like that. But I guarantee you, he will file to run in 2024. Why give up the grift? That's what he's going to do. I give up the grift. All right. I have a great guest. So you guys remember, I take my interview from my radio show. So Sarah Burris, I I asked Sarah to come on because I knew things were going to be crazy. And I wanted just to talk about 
um, how the media covered the election. But Sarah had the pleasure of joining me literally minutes after Trump gave that crazy press conference on Thursday. So even though this is an interview with Sarah Burris, it's really my reaction for the most part, at least the first couple of minutes of it, to Donald Trump's uh, press conference on Thursday night where he was just out of his freaking mind. Um, and uh, I, <laughs> you get the real-time reaction. So take a listen to this, uh, and then I'll be back to wrap up the show. Joining me now, Sarah Burris is the editor of RawStory.com, a frequent guest on The Chris Hahn Show. Uh, Sarah, I mean, I, I, my, my original thought of having you on was how annoyed I was at the media's election night coverage when, you know, we've all been like for weeks, um, for weeks, we've been saying at the beginning of the night, it's going to look like Trump won in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, because all of his voters are voting same day and all of the Democrats are voting by mail. And it's going to take longer to count the votes in those states because their Republican legislatures are a bunch of whiny little curs and uh, wouldn't let the vote start before Election Day. And then on election night, everybody's panicking the, the nation that Donald Trump's going to get a second term. And they're actually saying that maybe Biden won Texas when we all knew exactly what was going on, because that's exactly what everybody told us was going to be going on. And I, I'm like, let me get Sarah Burris on to agree with me or like, tell me I'm an idiot. <laughs> so. No, no, you are exactly correct, because this is it, it is the managed expectations of um, of everybody in the Biden campaign, which I feel like, you know, folks were coming on and doing interviews and being like, everything is OK. Don't worry. We this is why we didn't, you know, do a day where we did a huge swing through Texas with yep. Joe and, and Kamala. And this is why we didn't spend, you know, all of our time in Florida and sent Obama there instead, you know, like they, you can very, you can see exactly where they knew the votes were coming yeah. from based on where they were sending Biden and where they were sending Kamala. And, um, and that, and so it makes total sense as we now look back and, but, look, but, but yeah, the it, media, Good God. It's amazing. And I've been spending time the last two days. You know, look, I definitely want to talk to you about this train wreck of a, of a press conference where he didn't take questions that the president did. For those of you, you know, I usually don't tell people this, but I pre-tape my interviews an hour before I do my live show starting at eight o'clock. And then I run my taped interviews from nine to ten, at least on the East Coast. It differs if you're in a different time zone. Uh, because for a couple of reasons, just how we deliver the show. And I'm often on TV at 10 o'clock. So uh, I'm not on TV at 10 o'clock tonight. I probably should have went live. But uh, I'm talking to Sarah Burris like literally 30 seconds after the president finished his bat, you know what, crazy press conference where, um, I mean, I think he doubled the lies he's told in his entire four years just in the last 25 minutes lying, lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. And and I do want to get back to election night coverage, but I got to ask you, you know, I mean, maybe this is the last time we're going to see this great liar perform. It's kind of like, you know, he's like the, he's like the Paul McCartney of lies. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we're going to like, maybe this was a farewell performance or something like that. But it was, okay. it, it was, I mean, I've never been madder in my life at this guy and I've been mad at him for four years. 
I hate to break it to you, but they're already talking about him running again in 2024. Oh, please. I hope he yeah. does. I, I hope he does. Now, look. And let's be honest. For the next four years, we're going to get nothing but nonstop screaming. Just right. like president, like, you know, former president screaming, screaming, screaming all the time. And it's just going to be crazy and ridiculous. And I'm sure that we'll hear from him so much more in the next couple of weeks. Well, look, I, I hope that uh, he screams from uh, an undisclosed location, wherever he is, uh, because I really don't care anymore. He won't have no power other than the power to move his people. And you know what? I, look, I think what we have to do as, as professionals in the media, you and I, is we have to remind his people of all the things he said that was going to happen if Joe Biden became president, like $4 a gallon <laughs> gasoline, like uh, socialism, which we're not going to have. Uh, all the things he's going to take away. Uh, what else? Is he gonna, oh, you're going to have a mandatory vaccine. All of that stuff. Let's just start keeping a list of it. And when yeah. it doesn't happen, we should remind them as often as we can. And maybe we'll break 10% of them off. Uh, I am impressed with the turnout he got this year. I, you know, that, you know, we want to talk about the polls being wrong and they were horribly wrong. Uh, and I'm, by the way, I'm sorry. Usually when I have the guest on, I let them talk a little bit. And I'm just shot out of a <laughs> cannon right now. <laughs> just... I know. It's infuriating. Like watching his stupid press conferences. And I mean, here's the thing. Uh, honestly, I think the reason that he did this press conference and he came out just like blazing with fire in his eyes, smoke coming out of his ears, yeah. is because all of his tweets all day have been censored by Twitter <laughs> because they were lies. And Twitter said, we're not going to let you lie about this crap anymore. And so he was like, well, fine, then I'm just going to like send it out in an email to all my people and then stay it from the White House press room. Right. Right. And what happened. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing to me. Um, I, I, I want to see a single responsible Republican not named Mitt Romney come out and <laughs> denounce this today. Because this is just this is dangerous to our republic. Right. This is the kind of stuff, you know, first of all. You know, I tweeted this out earlier. I don't know if you saw it, Sarah, but uh, now this had uh, the, uh, the the dueling videos of people, uh, Trump supporters in Philadelphia saying, stop the vote, stop the count. And Trump supporters in Arizona saying, count every vote. And, and you know, the president tweeted out, stop the count. OK, if we stop the count right now, you're not president anymore. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you're probably going to lose. You're probably going to lose Georgia. You're probably, you definitely are going to lose Pennsylvania. You know, if he wasn't such a whiny little cur, they would have called Pennsylvania already. Because clearly the makeup of these absentee ballots that are being counted in Pennsylvania favor Joe Biden like seven to one. He's going to win Pennsylvania by 150,000 votes probably. Um, uh, But he's such a whiner and a complainer. And we're not sure what really happened in Arizona, but Arizona would be irrelevant if he wins Pennsylvania. So, I, I mean, it's, uh, I am not confident that Joe Biden's going to win Arizona. Arizona is going to be a coin flip, if you ask me, based on the makeup of the outstanding votes. I am 100% confident that Joe Biden's going to win Pennsylvania. And I think he's going to win Georgia, too, which is amazing to me. Yeah, I just saw the numbers. The latest count was something like uh, we're, we're under 3,500 um, that Trump is up in in Georgia right now, which is just 
insane to me. And I, I think also proves that we should be investing a hell of a lot more money as a Democratic Party in the state of Georgia and in states like Arizona and stop spending so much money to get you know, conservative white guys in Florida to vote for a Democrat. Yeah, yeah. And and look, I I think we're going to spend a lot of money in Georgia in the next three months because there's going to be two runoff Senate elections that are going to basically decide the control of the United States Senate. And I don't think those seats are out of reach either. Some people do. I do not. I think they are very much in reach. Um, And uh, especially given this result and the fact that Trump supporters are going to be a little depressed uh, after losing this election. (laughs) I think the only thing, I mean, all all Democrats really have to do is they have to get out every single person who voted for Joe Biden in the November election. They have to come out a second time. That's it. Because the thing is, is there is such huge drop off in these special elections. If we can just get our voters out. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, you know, every major player in Democratic politics needs to be spending all of their time in Georgia uh, for the next five weeks, six weeks. Uh, yeah, got got to happen. There. I'm back with my good buddy, Sarah Burris, who I basically didn't let talk in the last segment. So uh, I'm going to let you talk most of these uh, these next eight Fine. minutes. <laughs> so. I get it. It's infuriating. But I mean, this is why I think a lot of people, if we just turn the TV off, that would solve so many problems because it's sort of like signaling to the network. No, no, we really don't want to see Donald Trump anymore. I will tell you a secret. Uh, last night, uh, I took a break from election coverage and I watched an episode of The Boys, uh, which I'm enjoying on uh, Amazon Prime. Pretty good show. I'm, in, I'm midway through season two. Uh, there are only two seasons. Uh, very good show. I actually enjoyed it. I think you'd like it too, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Superheroes, you know, they're they're superheroes that have problems, big time problems. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been, so we watched uh, we turned over to 2012, the uh, natural disaster movie about the end of the world. Oh yeah, I love that movie with uh, with uh, John John Cusick. Yeah, and so it was just like a completely different end of the world, just exchanged for the network. Right. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it just, I, it was so much that we were just like, okay, I can't, I can't, like, we need to flip over to something else. Um, earlier in the night, we started out with, uh, gosh, it was probably six, five or six o'clock, and we turned on Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Ah, how was it? It was lovely. Wait, wait, uh, wait, that's not the new one, right? No, 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 because my, my friend had not seen Bogus Journey. She saw Excellent Adventures, and then there's obviously the third one. But I felt like it was really important to have bogus dirt. Well, yeah, you can't watch those movies out of order. You need to make sure you are up to date on, you know, on the canons of Bill and Ted. Now, I, for one, love both of those movies. I have not yet seen the new one. I'm waiting for it to come out for free. I I spend way too much money on cable and subscription (laughs) services to be renting movies. I'm sorry. I have this argument. I have this argument with my wife all the time. She's like, well, you'll go to the movies and spend 40 bucks, but you don't, you don't want to spend three 95 to watch a movie. I'm like, no, we, we spend like 250 bucks on all these things. Like we've got all this access to everything. Just watch that. Just (laughs) wait two months and it'll be on stars and you can just log in and bada bing, bada boom. Exactly. And we get stars and we never use it. So it's, you know, it's perfect. Exactly. There you go. So, so like, you know, let me get back in, in, in the few minutes I have left with you, and I'm sorry. Just give me your honest critique of, of how this election's been covered. Um, 
you know, election night, particularly. I mean, I, I, I was very disappointed because they just forgot everything they told us. Yeah, it's I, I think that's the nature of the beast for a 24 hour news cycle in part because they've got to entertain us. They've got to keep us, you know, plugged in and they've got to come up with something to say for, uh, you know, for the three days that this vote is being counted. Um, and obviously not every network has a Steve Kornacki that's as engaging and, um, you know, as absolutely precious as he is on TV. Nobody has that level of enthusiasm. The guy's like a machine. Yeah, he loves it, too. And he's it, it, it's, yeah. he loves it. And it's funny because when it switches over to Ali Velchi, he says the same things, but he doesn't love it as much as Steve Kornacki does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, bless his heart. Like, you got to love um, Velchi for coming in and being like, hey, man. You need a nap. Yeah. Let me just take more. Yeah, let me let me let me let me take over for a few minutes, Steve. Just go 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 lie down on the couch. <laughs> I think he's still wearing the same clothes that he he has been for the last 3 days. I think he changed his tie. Rachel Maddow uh, pointed out today that he has multiple pairs of those pants. So, oh, uh, for the record. For the record. My uh, mother and I have been tweeting back and forth about that. Like that's been our conversation is did he change clothes? <laughs> sleeping in the office. Um, I, mean, I we used to make jokes about Wolf Blitzer because it seems like every time, you know, something goes down, there's breaking news or something, they pull in Wolf Blitzer. And I assumed he was just like an inflatable person yeah. in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's insane. Now, I watch all three networks. Uh, I watched all three networks on election night. I was a little surprised that Fox News called Arizona on election night when the other networks were not. And I think that's part of the reason why we haven't called Pennsylvania yet. It's also part yeah, of the reason why we haven't called Nevada yet, because Nevada, it's pretty clear that Joe Biden won Nevada, too. Uh, Nevada. Nevada. Sorry. Sorry, Nevada. Uh, and, and I think nobody wants to be the first one to call Nevada, because if you call Nevada and Fox News has Arizona, Joe Biden has 270. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's it's a very I, I think we're all on pins and needles because this guy's such a whiny little cur. Yeah, I think so, too. I wonder, I, I think the way that they describe the reason that Fox News calls Arizona is they said they were looking at outstanding ballots that were left and how many, you know, Trump would have to get to be able to win. And the math just wasn't there. Right. And um, and I the story about Donald Trump was apparently he called Rupert Murdoch and screamed into the phone at him and was like, you must retract this. And it's the last couple of days. Trump's whole cadre of, of crazy people have been coming out demanding that Fox News withdraw this. And it's like, y'all know that he didn't win Arizona because Fox News said he did. Right. He won Arizona because the people voted that way. Well, I mean, you know, I'll be honest. I'm not sure Joe Biden won Arizona yet. I think he's going to, but it's going to be it's going to be a tight, tight victory. Right now, I understand why that desk might have made that decision. AP made the same decision, and they made the decision based on the fact that these were not same-day voters per se, but they kind of were more like same-day voters than absentee voters. There's also a big provisional thing that happens in Arizona. They tend to do a lot of provisional ballots. Yep. Uh, and uh, so I used to do a little bit of organizing there in 2012 with um, one of the unions that I was working with. And there has been an effort for, gosh, I want to say like eight or 10 years of 
trying to register as many um, Latinos as possible in Maricopa County. Yep. And it was all an effort to get rid of Arpaio, but that then shifted into trying to get more people to participate in an election. And we're talking about, like, this whole effort was mobilized by high school students. Yeah, it's crazy. Latino high school students who were registering people in their family and their friends and their neighborhoods and then it was it wasn't just registering them it was then going back and having them fill out the vote by mail application and having them vote by mail yeah so they didn't even have to show up at the polls so when it comes to vote uh mail in ballots especially for maricopa county it's a huge number of people because that's how the democratic voters there and the latino voters there have kind of been conditioned yep. to vote and I can only imagine, like, I want to say it was like 40,000 people in 2012. I, I can't even imagine what their numbers are. It's going to be amazing. Be- We're going to have to wait and see. And Sarah, I'm out of time. Love you. Oh. Check her out on Raw Story, rawstory.com. Sarah Burris, thanks for joining me. All right. Sorry for that rough edit in the middle of that segment. But, uh, you know, sometimes you can't avoid it. Um. So here we are, we're going to be in a post-Trump America in about 70 days. And now the work starts, right? I mean, the pandemic's not going away because Trump lost. In fact, it's raging right now. Uh, We're having 100,000 plus days of new cases and 1,000 plus days of deaths again. Um, I don't know how this is going to work out. Uh, Pfizer today announced that their vaccine has been 90% effective in trials. That's great, great news. Um, Hopefully we can get that to the market quickly and uh, distribute it around this country quickly and we could be done with this. But um, I don't know. Um, You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to having competent people in charge of government again that will actually do the job of government. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think there's a lot of work to be done. I think there's a lot of work to be done at the state and local level. Um, we, we, we lost some seats, uh, in Congress. We lost some seats in Congress. We lost seats in state legislatures. They're going to redraw districts to make it harder for Democrats to hold the the house in, uh, in 2022. There'll be a house election in less than two years now. And we've got to be thinking about it. It's a it's a redistricting year and Republicans have had no shame in gerrymandering the hell out of their states to make it so that Democrats can win the majority of votes for House in their states, but still pick up, you know, a very small minority of the seats. And if that's going to be the case, you know, let me just make the case for, you know, blue states to do the same thing. I know California's got a commission. New York's got a commission. They're all going to try to do the do the right thing, create even balanced seats. Um, we're going to lose seats in the House just because the Republicans held on to the state legislature in Texas. Texas is going to pick up at least one seat, maybe two seats in, the, in, in Congress. And the Republicans who have a small lead, uh, a small majority in the Texas Assembly are going to draw that state. They're going to cut up cities like Houston and Austin and Dallas. And, and, uh, and, and they're going to just cut them up, El Paso, uh, and allow Republicans to maintain the vast majority of the congressional seats in the state of Texas. That was one of the things we lost. And I know there's this internal battle within the party 
uh, you know, you, you, you heard about uh, Congresswoman Spamberger and Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez talking about their theories of the case for the election. They could both be right, by the way. Um, do I think that defund the police, that movement hurt Democrats in some states? Absolutely. If you don't think it did, you're out of your mind. Uh, do I think that when you break down the components of that movement, most people, including cops, are probably, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, we, we can't have these we we can't have these defining statements that are not what we even really mean we want to reform policing in america not end police departments defund the police makes it sounds like you want to end policing and yeah i get it there are some people who want to do that but not a lot of people not the vast majority of people within the democratic coalition they don't want to get rid of cops they want to make sure that cops are properly trained and racial biases are looked out for and that cops aren't responding to everything that happens. And, you know, I think, look, I used to run a county, right? I was the chief deputy county executive of a major county in this country. And the police, unfortunately, are one of the areas where you never cut. And they, and as a result, they wind up doing tasks they shouldn't be doing, like animal control, like domestic abuse. Uh, you know, there are things that they don't need to be involved with that they would probably rather not be involved with. And that that can be changed so that there is less of a, uh, you know, a need for policing in, in situations that are clearly not violent. Now, in violent situations, you definitely want police officers. You want them trained. We want to make sure we don't have another George Floyd incident in this country. But the defund movement definitely was a problem for a lot of suburban Democratic members of Congress. And people running to running in open seats. It was an issue. They it was a it was a beat them over the head issue. And they beat it over they beat it like a drum. Now, when Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez says people need to be spending more money on social media and uh, you know, and, and less money on traditional campaigns, I agree on that point. I think that you should be spending more money on digital. Digital is just like television. We should start considering it an an additional channel that we need to be on. And the campaigns that do that tend to do better. So there is a, um, you know, there's a lot to be worked out. But I look, here's what we have to, to celebrate. Joe Biden won more votes than any other person who's ever run for president in this country. We are going to have the first woman vice president who is also a woman of color of both African-American and uh, South Asian-American descent. So it is, uh, it is a, it's something to celebrate. Um, the Democrats have a, have a chance to win the United States Senate. They have picked up a seat. They may pick up three seats, and it'll be a 50-50 tie, in which case Kamala Harris is going to be spending a lot of time at her old job, uh, and that's great. But we'll think about what we can do if we get that. Uh, what we can accomplish. If we don't get that, we're going to have to deal with Mitch for four years. And I don't know how good that's going to be. Let's face it. He doesn't want to get anything done that doesn't help him uh, create more power for himself. So I want to celebrate. I don't want to get dragged into these internal fights. And I know some of you probably don't like 
what I just said about the defund movement. I'm not saying it's a bad movement. I'm not saying black. I think Black Lives Matter is an excellent movement. I think it's something we should all celebrate. But when you start saying defund the police, it turns off a lot of people, including people that should would otherwise have voted for Democrats, at least down the ticket. They probably still voted for Joe Biden based on what I'm seeing in these results. They probably still voted for Joe Biden because Donald Trump was just that bad. But it, it, it did hurt some members of Congress, and that seems to be pretty clear to me. Um, yeah, it seems clear to me. But that doesn't mean we can't fix the problems in policing in this country. The Republicans are better at language. They have this guy, Frank Luntz. Don't call it the estate tax. Nobody has an estate. Call it the death tax. Everybody dies. See how easy, see how much, which one of those things are you, are you going to be able to be against? I'm against the death tax. I don't care about the estate tax. Yeah, people who make $25,000 a year in the, in, 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 the, uh, in the George W. Bush era came out to vote because they were worried about the death tax, which didn't kick in unless you left an estate of above $5 million. Okay. And by the way, didn't kick in for the first five million. <laughs> so it's just a, you know, we have to we have to make our language appealing to the masses. We have to sell our ideas. Okay, it can't. It's not enough that just everybody who is woke and read in on what we're talking about understands what we're talking about. It's got to. It's got to. It's got to reach everybody. You know, I, I know some, well, why do you call yourself the aggressive progressive? I call myself the aggressive progressive because, well, one, people called me that at Fox, so I took it on. But two, I like to win. I'm not in this for, I'm not in this for moral, you know, moral victories. I'm in this for victories. You can't get anything, to quote James Carville, you can't get anything done unless you have power. And if you're going to just have a moral victory, yay, we talked about defunding the police. We didn't actually reform the police because we didn't win. You didn't win. You didn't alert anybody. It's a confused issue. It's a confusing statement. People like Donna Brazil and others were saying stop it when it first started. Time for us to come up with real language. Would have been it would have been easier. It would have been agreeable if you just said reform policing. So much better, so different. We want to win. We've got to fight. They're out there. These Republicans came out. Donald Trump got 70, probably 71 million votes by the time this is all over. Yeah, Joe Biden's going to get 76 million votes by the time this is all over. But Donald Trump got 63 million votes four years ago. He got these people out. If they keep coming out, we better be able to get those 76 million out. And we're not going to do it unless we're 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 doing clear, you know, unless we're, we're our messaging is clear and concise and something that appeals broadly. If it turns people off just by the sound of it, where they don't even want to consider what you're saying, it's not going to work. So let's let's work on it. Let's be happy though. Now I'm sorry I shouldn't get I'm I'm off on a tangent because I had this conversation with somebody a little while ago. But I am uh, I'm happy today. I'm really happy today, and you should be happy today too. Donald Trump is gone. That's a big step. Now we got to go win those seats in Georgia. And then we could do some real good for this country. All right, America and the world, because this podcast does get downloaded all over the world now. Thank you. 
Um, thanks again for listening. I want to remind you, as always, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks again for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.